Today's broadcast is all about people taking the skills and talents and vision they have, looking for ways that they can invest in other people. It's a theme around here we like to celebrate. Easy to do when you've got people like Del Suggs. He'll be with us in the first hour. And then our good friend, legendary FSU head coach, Florida State women's basketball, Sue Semrau was with us in the second hour. So stay with me. Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny, brought to you by Widden Glass, Tallahassee's first name in glass for your home or office, and by Merry Maids. Call Merry Maids. Relax. And it's done. In 1945, Jack Whitten started a glass company in Tallahassee. Now over 75 years and three generations later, it's still working every day, doing just as Jack wanted, giving his customers real solutions for replacing window glass, providing custom-cut mirrors, and supplying superior bath and shower enclosures. Local building contractors know Whitten Glass takes care of Tallahassee business. They prefer Whitten because of their precision and mastery of eye-catching storefront glass and countertop glass. It's a fact. When you choose Wooden Glass, you're working with real glass people who will take care of you to your complete satisfaction. It's what Jack Wooden wanted, and it's been the Wooden way of doing business for over 75 years. Wooden Glass, Tallahassee's first family in glass since 1945. Call Wooden Glass today or visit them online at 222 5781 or Well, here we are, my friend, once again with an opportunity to talk with Sue Semrau, who is uh, sort of like Waldo. You know, where's Waldo? Where is Sue today? Well, today she's with us. Took some doing, you know, because she's in demand and there's like, you know, she has her peeps that just need her to be where they are. We're grateful that we're among those peeps, them peoples who like to chat with her and find out, you know, the latest happenings. She is a remarkable individual in that with all of her achievement, and there's, I mean, if you don't, you don't need me to tell you, but you want to take a second and just Google it. Goodness. Uh, So we're going to talk with her at length in the second hour today about what's been going on lately um, and reflect a little bit on some of the wisdom that she's picked up along the way and uh, talk with her about some of those people who've contributed to her success, principally and maybe notably uh, people like Bobby Bowden, and legendary basketball head coach John Wooden. I say Wooden, but it's actually Wooden. Fortunately, Sue is not. She's very smart. And so she will keep us heading in the right direction. That's what she does. She's a coach. Coaches do that. Right, Carl? Right. And uh, in keeping with that notion, we're going to have Dale Suggs with us in our number one coming up here momentarily talk with him about 
his work as a guy who's accomplished musician, recorded quite a bit, uh, town, a hometown favorite. You know, you haven't been in Tallahassee long before you find out that Del Suggs is one of those architects of what we now refer to affectionately as the Tallahassee music scene uh, back in the day. Um, he helped uh, bring forward a lot of those young musicians that now have gone on to achieve even more success and we're privileged to be able to celebrate them and their music with this radio station called Moose Magnificat Radio streaming live 24-7 all original, all local, all the time the sound of Tallahassee Uh, trying to do more to encourage you to listen there moosemagnificat.com is the place to go download the app at your convenience, on your iPhone or your Android or whatever that way works for you, well, we got it all happening. And uh, we're delighted to have this broadcast a part of the station in its lineup. And so, as you know, we uh, we show up on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoons at 5.30, Sunday afternoons at 3, and Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. All of those on Moose Magnificat Radio, moosemagnificat.com. Always a pleasure to be a part of the lineup over there at uh, Real Talk, Tallahassee's best place for local talk radio, locally owned, one of the few remaining. And uh, with John and his team, Greg Tish, Matty Rowe, Lots of good peoples over there. Uh, we'll be talking every week as we do with Greg and Matty Rowe Friday mornings. Always fun to kind of jump in with where they are and be able to share some of the good news. And so it is with this broadcast, there's lots of good news to be told, to be shared. Um, as you are making your preparations and in thinking of the good news, here we go now into the holiday season, I think, officially. You know, you got Halloween next week, and then comes, of course, Thanksgiving. Prior to that, Veterans Day, when is that? The 11th. What used to be in its history used to be Armistice Day, the close of World War One. It's always an opportunity for us to take a moment and look to our left and our right and Look to those who have given some and some who've given all. So Veterans Day is a significant part of our thought in the month of November. And then comes, yes, Christmas. And with that, we've uh, taken it upon ourselves over the many years that we've been doing this to encourage us all to give generously and often with this business of Christmas Connection, this volunteer organization operated through Catholic Social Services and uh, Man Alive. You know, when you stop and look at the impact that this one group of people have, and they are volunteers in the main. I think uh, Patty uh, Malarney is their one paid staff member, and, I mean, it's a humble position. But, man, she, she, (laughs) she comes at it with guns blazing. She is such a hardworking individual devoted 
And so Patty has uh, been at it as their executive for, I guess, uh, what they just consider their uh, their director for Christmas Connection that does this work to reach out to thousands. I think last year they were numbering in upwards of 8,000 people reached in their estimation, hundreds and hundreds of families across North Florida. It's astounding. Uh, so our encouragement to all of you and I, as, as we look at what they do, it comes by way of this annual advertising marketing campaign. We call it Help Christmas Connection. Simple enough, right? And in its essence, it's simply that. It's a reminder. No, and not too soon. So we've begun already here in this month of October to say, help us help Christmas Connection. Go to the website, helpchristmasconnection.com. You'll see there all the good news about how do we care for one another. What can we do to arm these social workers with the things that these families, these children need mostly? And, you know, a shiny bike, okay. Uh, have to tell you that in a lot of cases, it's not about the shiny thing. It's about the pots and pans. Right. It's about the food. Um, clothing, they're, they're really discouraging that at this juncture just because they don't have the staffing to be able to sort through and make sure the clothing is all properly prepared and, you know, cleaned and such. But, but food items, uh, household items, man, that's where it's at. And then they've made it possible for you to go to their website and you can donate a gift card in some dollar amount, whatever you decide to do. Well, that's a great thing because now you've got a mom and her kids going to do some Christmas shopping and courtesy of the gift that you and I have given. We're in, indeed interested in um, keeping this alive, keeping this message in front of us because things do get a bit hectic. We have all of our own needs to care for, the people in our lives, our families and our churches and such, all of our friends. But you know what? A little reminder can help. So help us help Christmas Connection at that website, helpchristmasconnection.com. When you're there, take note of the businesses that are sponsoring this year's campaign. Tony Kelly Heating and Air, Rapid Press, Wooden uh, uh, Glass. Now, these, are, these are companies that have put up the money for us to be able to share this good news. And it's all called Help Us Help Christmas Connection. Stay with me. Del Suggs is a singer, songwriter, and guitarist from the beaches of North Florida. He has appeared in concerts at colleges, universities, and festivals all across the country and the Caribbean. Del has appeared at over 700 colleges and universities across the U.S. and has performed uh, at such prestigious venues as the World Music Festa in in Japan, carry uh, the Kerville, uh, Curv- Curv- is that right? Kerville Kerville yeah, yeah. Folk Festival, the Spirit Square Lyric Theater, Sarasota Opera House, and since 1983 has been with a featured artist at Florida Folk Festival. He is our guest 
today. How are you, Dell? Doing great, Brian. It's good to see you. Been just a minute since you were here last, but uh, I I do understand that you, um, man, I, I you stay on the run. And I have this other note here in 2016, Campus Activities Magazine named you one of the top five artists of the past 25 years, an honor recognizing your lengthy career and continuing popularity. Um, I could go on. This this goes quite a ways. I'd rather just talk with you about your music and about this remarkable contribution in the business of speaking to college campuses, to students around the country, largely in relation to leadership and leadership development. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, you know, people ask me sometimes, they say, what are, you know, what are you teaching these kids in leadership? <laughs> what does that mean? I say it's life skills. It's the things they need to, to learn and to embody to be successful in life, whether yeah. they go on to be leaders, you know, political leaders or, or, or corporate leaders or whatever, or they just, just want to live a successful life. That's what it's all about. Indeed. Uh, in my opening remarks today, I, I referenced that idea on your behalf simply because when, you, when we take the notion of leadership, as you've said, every one of us have a role to play as a leader in some setting. If it's among our, with our kids, you know, with our families, our friends, on the job, whatever. A leadership is not a position as as such. It is more about, about a person's character. A person's yeah, it's it's really more attitude and and uh, uh, and and your and your character and your ability to to, um, to present yourself uh, in in that manner and to think of yourself in that manner. You why know? is it? Do you think that college students need this uh, at at this particular juncture in our history? Well, you know. College students, that's it. And if you remember your college years, that's when you're uh, that's when you're really trying to make those decisions. You're trying to figure out who you are, mm-hmm. where you're going, and they're really amenable to um, to some direction at that point uh, in their life. Uh. And the things that the skills that I really seek to to impart to them are things that really will help them the rest of their lives. You know, things like um, time management, things uh. like how to um, to treat other people with respect. Um, yeah. You know, and, and just some, you know, interpersonal skills yeah. and things like that. Even balancing your checkbook is a good idea, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of life skills, mm-hmm. I'm working that one myself. Yeah. Someday I'll get there. Yeah. Well, I've got a brand new program. I call it Life Skills 101 ah. that I have just debuted and roll that out. And uh, and students love it. And it talks. I talk about financial literacy, things like paying off your credit cards and dealing with debt. I talk about... Um, uh, time management, you know, how to get, get your handle on, on the, all the time. Because everybody has the same 24-7, Indeed. but some people get a lot of stuff done and some people don't. Indeed. You know, Indeed. You know interpersonal skills, how to get along with other people. Um, talk some about critical thinking, which is, you know, something we that we that I, I really try to work on with college students because they see so much online and they don't evaluate the evidence no. that they have. No. And so I try to teach them to deal with that. And then the last the, the last uh, component of life skills to me is what I call grit, just being resilient, you know. And I tell all these college students that I work with at, at, the, at the end of this program, I say, you are going to fail uh, someday. And uh, it doesn't matter how many times you fail, it's how many times you get back up. Are you concerned yeah. about those students, we'll say people, now in their uh, late teens and into their early 20s, college age generally, uh, concerned about their ability to deal with or consider failure 
uh, as just part of life's lessons, because it seems to me that there's a there's a kind of message there that says you're not allowed to fail, and failure is not an option. I think that's counterproductive. Oh, absolutely. You know, and and I understand you know where they come from. It's you know this is the generation that has been sheltered in a lot of ways, uh-huh. and because of the craziness of the world, they haven't been allowed, you know, what we used to call free range kids. They yeah. haven't been allowed to be free range. I remember, you know, during the summers when I was in elementary school, my mom would go to work and I would just, I'd have the day to myself, you know, and I'd just hop on my bike Isn't and ride all true? over town. But you can't do that anymore. And I know the, that's the way the world is. But because of that, a lot of students haven't had the chance to, um, to get out and learn how to think and how to fend for themselves and learn how to make those decisions. And they haven't had a chance to fail, you know, and we hate to see them fail, but we also need know that they need to fail because yeah. you learn so much more from your failures than you right. do from your successes. Right. Uh, I, I, I echo that with you uh, growing I grew up in the Seattle area. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. So uh, our elementary school was, you know, five, six blocks away. As a first, you know, sixth grade, I mean, six-year-old first grader, I'm walking to school and back every day. Oh, absolutely. Through yeah. about two acres of wooded, vacant lot. And what I found bizarre, I suppose, sort of startling, is that when my wife and I started having kids, and they were elementary school aged, the thought of them walking from our house to their school, which was, again, within a matter of blocks, maybe half mile at the most, I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah. And then I started asking then, what has happened to us? How did that happen? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of it is 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 the world, although you know, they have always been these horrific crimes that have that have taken place, but yeah. we're we're more aware of them now. Well, that may be the part of it that we yeah. are are most subject to, isn't it? The the headlines that come at us and it's yeah, 24/7. Right. Yeah. Right. And so we, you know, we deal with that, and and uh, so uh, you know, and I understand. I, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. fault anybody for trying to protect their children. Yeah, I mean, but you, but you got to understand that you have to let them fail at Sometimes. some point. Yeah, because because yeah. you'll just learn from that. I have friends who are college professors, and they talk about how, you know, some they've got, you know, they'll have a student whose mom will call and say, "Why did Johnny get this grade on his exam?" Yes. Yes. And the professor will say, well, first of all, I can't even talk to you about this because it, the, their federal laws prohibit me from talking about right. your student to anybody but the student. And so yeah. unless I get a signed authorization, I can't talk. I know you're his mother, <laughs> but that's just that's, that's the, how it that's works. the law. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and and then you have, you know, some some millennial students who, who are just um, uh, it's, it's hilarious to me because they're so used to 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 working w- together and they're so good at cooperating yes. together that. That sometimes I had a professor from um, University of Arkansas tell me that um, he had a student who, who who got a D on an exam, and the professor and he came to the, see the professor afterwards and said said I I really love this class and I really feel like I got so much more out of it than this grade is reflecting. So, but and I think we can work this out, you know. And the professor saying, "No, that's not the way it works. <laughs> you know, you you take the test and you get the grade you get. We don't work it out. We don't negotiate a test." My first job, I was in high school. I went to work for a guy who was a wedding caterer, and it would be kind of me to say he was the biggest waste of his own time. <laughs> okay. yeah. And yet, uh, my father probably like your parents taught you, no matter what the job is, go beyond that. 
definition. Right. And and so I found myself in the basement of a building polishing shoes. The guy would always he he did everything right. So sure. or I was fixing the little fountain for the for the wedding reception or driving the truck. You know, all of that became part of what was training for me. And you say life skills. Right. I learned how, how to quit. Yeah. <laughs> I learned how to turn in a resignation. Sure. Um, so what you're saying is, okay, we're in a different time, different era, diff- different understanding for all of us. Right. But we've got to try to hold on to this idea that life is about trial and error. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and we've got to learn to be productive. Uh-huh. You know, we can't be frozen by our fears. Huh. But because we need to understand that at some point we will we will fail, and it's again it's not about how many times you fail; it's about how many times you you, you pick yourself back up. Pick you know, we all up. get knocked down. Yeah. And you're you know I'm going to segue a little bit here as before we take this break because folks we're going to take some time and, and hear some of the music from from this gentleman. Uh, your music reflects a lot of that. There's a lot of real life in the songs that you have written. Uh, So we'll get into that right after this break. Stay with me, folks. We've got Del Suggs talking about real life. Folks, there are four ways to shine in life, and Merry Maids has it all going on. Experience, reliability, thoroughness, and professionalism. Well, that's why we rely on Merry Maids right here at our studios, because, you know, I do need a little shine from time to time. And my friends at Merry Maids can make it happen with guaranteed satisfaction, screened and trained employees, bonded and insured performance, even a free consultation. Merry Maids can customize cleanings to fit most budgets and fit your busy schedule with cleanings on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or an on-call basis. Merry Maids will deep clean your home on that first visit, something that you've probably been wanting to do, but you don't have to. Call Merry Maids. Relax, and it's clean. Right here in Tallahassee, call 386-2205. Or find them online at merrymaids.com. That's 386-2205. Go. We're back. We're talking with Del Suggs. Fine-looking man. Too bad it's not TV. Because he really looks good. <laughs> well, I'm for trying. Man, I'm trying. For a man in his late 70s, he's, he's just... <laughs> I'm holding up pretty well, aren't You're I? doing okay, son. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but I think you and I pretty much of the same vintage generation and all. We talked a little briefly there about uh, how life was so much different then in terms of what we expect of ourselves and what we were willing to, to throw down and do and be a part of. Um, and never really expected anybody to hand me anything. And if that happened, that was awesome. I mean, that was remarkable and un- unexpected. But And you were grateful for grateful it. Grateful yeah. for it. Yeah. Gratitude is a big part of leadership, isn't it? Absolutely, and yeah. I and one of the things that that I really tr- try to work on on with with uh, with these college students that I deal with in these leadership programs is what I call an attitude of gratitude. Uh-huh. I don't want people to have an attitude of gratitude. I want you to always be grateful for the things that you have uh-huh. and the things that you get because you know, you know we are not only the luckiest people on the planet; we are the luckiest people in the history of the planet. Yeah. You know, and it's really, it, you know, you've Boy. got to embrace that. You've got to understand that. And you've got to develop this attitude of gratitude and, and be grateful for what you have and, and to let other people know how much you appreciate them. Okay, that begs the question, my friend. Where does this wisdom, and I'll call it that, this understanding come from for you? Is this how 
this has come by way of life experiences of your own and just observations and I mean you're you're your fifth generation Floridian kind of stuff, right? Right. So, so talk about where this all kind of is grounded for you. Well, I, I mean, it's 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 grounded. You know, it was grounded my 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 mom who 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 pretty much raised me. My dad died when I was very young, when I was just four. Uh, but he had a very strong um, a very strong family. His 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 uh, brothers and sister who were a huge part of my family when I was a, especially when I was a young child. And yeah. his brothers really stepped in and became you know, surrogate dad for me and, and, mm. and, and helped me along. And they were all, they were all just country people. I mean, they were, you know, my, my grandparents were sharecroppers, wow. you know, but, um, they Talk were, about they hard would just, work. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and thankless, but they, uh, they were just a salt of the earth people, you know, and, and that's what, which they did. means to me, salt of the earth means that's, the, that's the person who's, who sits down at the end of that hard day folds his hands and says, thank you, God, I've got food on the table. Thank you for these people who are sitting with me. Absolutely. And and, and I'm still here. Right, right, <laughs> and, and and grateful for those things. So, wow. yeah, so I, I think a lot of it comes from that. A lot of it comes from the fact that, you know, again, my, my, um, mm-hmm. my parents let me do things, you know, and I started out, you know, I started out playing music when I was in the ninth grade, and when I was in 10th grade, I had my first band. Wow. And I was playing, you know, teen clubs and growing up on Panama City Beach, I mean, when I was a junior in high school, I was playing the bars on the beach. They didn't know how, you know, how young we were, but we would go in and play these, these places. You've had that same like mustache, that. as far as I know. <laughs> I grew this my freshman year at Florida State, and it's been there ever since. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, speaking of music and, and all of, all that that means, because that's a mouthful, folks. Easily, we could spend the next two hours talking about Dell's. Uh, music and and the volume and and the significance of it but so much of your music seems to me uh is grounded in real life experiences it's what you like to write about and sing about isn't that right? yeah because that's what's important you know and it's, and it's important that your songs be relatable to other people but it's also important that they reflect your own mm-hmm. your own life you know i'm as i'm a, a singer songwriter which means you know basically i write songs about my own life and things that go on and they're not all you know autobiographical mm-hmm. but they're all about about things that i've experienced or that I, that i've witnessed in other people yeah and seen it, they're genuine know, we're going to take a moment and uh share with the audience here one of those it's called broken places tell us about that song. yeah broken places is a song i wrote um really about how we uh, about how we pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and you know and, and it's basically the fact that we uh, there's this great line um from ernest hemingway he, where he said life breaks everyone and afterwards many are stronger in the broken places yes and uh, and it's just so true you know? indeed stronger in the broken places and so we're going to take uh, the rest of this moment here we're going to share with you the song uh, because it, it, at the other side of this, we'll get through our break, and, it, and as we come back, I want to explore that notion with you a little further. Uh, it's, it's, again, part of those life lessons that you're trying to help us all better incorporate. And, I, you know, there's still hope for me, because as long as I can stay in touch with you, I know that I'll keep getting good stuff. We're all growing. From all your pen and yeah. from your voice. Yeah. Folks, let's take a moment here. This is called Broken Places, Dell Sucks.
Adam's photo Gnarled and twisted by the wind Where the limbs have snapped It is healed back over Never to be broken again In the same way Our spirits are shattered With each foe we contend And our heads grow thick And our patience grows alarmingly thin We grow stronger In the broken places Broken places, men We grow stronger In the broken places Hope we don't get hurt again Like a favorite pair of jeans Old and faded Just the lightest shade of blue But the fabric holds Where the patches are Find another place to wear through So we bob and weave We dance around the ring Them around that we spar And the glove never touches us The same place twice Till we finally drop our guard We grow stronger In the broken places Broken places, men We grow stronger In the broken
Hi, I'm Josh, and this is an ad for Super Signs. We were going to do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic. You know, something clever. But that just didn't work. So, I'm just going to tell you, Super Signs is great. I mean, they're really great. And it's not just me saying it. Lots of people posting and talking to their friends. Here's one. We are so happy with all our signs and banners by Super Signs. Highly recommend. Here's another. These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. Super Signs is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them, 422-1883, or go to their website, yoursupersigns.com. How's that for clever? We're back. We're talking with Del Suggs, who, for most of us, is a name that we've said many times, um, and largely because the guy has contributed so well to this community over many, many years through a lot of different efforts. A lot of those things that you've been involved in, Dell, uh, probably are behind the scenes for a lot of folks. And, and the ones that come to mind are things like the Winter Festival that, you know, Steve Meisberg had this vision. And, and I'm still involved in it. I'm still the, that's very I cool. still do the entertainment, plan the entertainment for that's that every single cool. year since it started. There you go. Exactly. Well, in that respect, uh, I think you demonstrate for us the things that you talk about in this business of leadership development. And I want to quote this. It says, all great leaders have skills in three distinct areas. Personal leadership, we'll ask you what that means, organizational leadership, and then interpersonal skills. So personal leadership refers to how you conduct yourself. How you present yourself to others, you know the way you the way you carry yourself. Do you do what you say you're going to do? Your sense of personal integrity and ethics, uh, the way you hold, you hold yourself out, um, and holding yourself to a higher standard. I mean, I think that's what personal leadership is mm-hmm. all about. Personal leadership is about inspiring other people, you know, and 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 having them look at you and go, well, gosh, maybe I should give that a shot. Maybe I should, you know, Indeed. it's working for Dell. Maybe I should try it myself. Yes, things like that. Yes. Then comes the organizational leadership. Yeah, organizational leadership to me is a little more administrative. But if you're, you know, if you're with a group, if you're with a club or an organization, you got to keep that group together. Yeah. So you've got to organize things like you've got to be able to run a meeting. You've got to be able to, to do things like, um, uh, you know, take care of the finances, mm-hmm. have those minute skills, you've eaten, those minute taking skills. You've got to be able to recruit new members. You've got to be able to set goals for your organization and then find ways that your organization can go after those goals and pursue those things. So those aren't personal things. Those are things that your entire organization has to do. And at that point, too, it seems to me that those personal skills bleeds into being able to provide organizational leadership. Absolutely. Absolutely. My dad used to say, if the meeting starts at 2 o'clock, you show up at one forty-five. Right. If you're not there... After one forty-five, you're late. Yeah. Personally, I'm going to take responsibility, and and I'm going to instill that in the organization that I'm uh, purporting to lead. Um, and then comes this last part, and it's the interpersonal skills. I think where a lot of us struggle more often. Well, and that's one that I'm spending a lot more time on uh, these days because interpersonal skills are how you present yourself to other people. And since I work. Well, my primary audience are college mm. students. Mm. It's really it's been a real struggle for them 
because they mm. spent two years locked in their bedrooms, you know, looking at a screen, mm. you know, during the COVID um, pandemic. And so a lot of them are behind on their social skills. So I spend more, t- more time with them working, tr- working with them to make eye contact with people, mm. to, um, to, to teaching them some basic conversational skills. Uh, I even teach, I even teach college students how to shake hands. Ah. And it sounds really kind of funny, but you know, college students, most college students are never taught how to shake hands, mm. especially the women. And, and, you know, men are taught how to shake hands, usually by a friend or whatever, mm. but sometimes not very well, you know? <laughs> and so I teach them how to have, give a standard, you know, professional handshake. And even for the women, because women are almost never taught to shake hands. Mm. And these days, everybody shakes hands with everybody. I mean, I see two women to be introduced and they will shake hands with each other. Yes. And when, when we were kids, that never happened. Never happened. You know, but now it's just a common thing these days. So that's a, just a real basic interpersonal skill that people have to have. And is it in the fact that the behavior of that kind is an extension then of our communication with each other, right? Oh, absolutely. So the manner in which I greet you, eye contact, handshaking, all of that is about me connecting with you? And also presenting yourself in a professional manner. Ah. You know, I mean, I, I, I so joke with... again, a standard that you've established for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I talk to students about, you know, all, all our different, you know, uh, high fives and, you know, and, and, and you know, slapping hands and, and or know, the fist bump yeah, became fist very bumps popular. And, and all those things that, yeah. we, that, that we do. And I said, you know, all those bro, bro shakes, that's all great. And that's how we stay connected with our friends. But you don't want to go into a, a you know, a, a, a human resource department and ha- do a job interview <laughs> and then, you know, tell the manager, oh, I hope I can get the job and high five them. You know, <laughs> they're going to just look at you like, well, what planet Next. are you from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you've got to have those, you know, those, those important interpersonal skills and that, Get present yourself to a professional. Man. What what is most challenging? You think now you've been doing this for a number of years. You've been on hundreds of college campuses around the country, and you have a lot of time with these students. What would you say is the most or maybe among those most difficult things for them to grasp? Well, really, they all have different challenges. You know, it depends on where they're from, you know, what, oh. you know, what part of the country they're in, their, their socioeconomic background. I was just at, at Laredo College at Laredo, Texas, um, about a month ago. Yes. And did a, a full day program there with, with students there. And, um, you know, a lot of the students I dealt with there, they're, they're first generation college students. Huh. And uh, so they have a whole different set of set of of uh, of of. of of challenges that they yeah. face you know they've got yeah. they've got some you know some family members that have such high expectations of them they're like how can i meet those expectations and then they've got other family members that say who do you think you are going to college <laughs> you know and so they've got that whole balancing act that they're going mm-hmm. they're going through there too and a lot of them are are living in two cultures because their family you know they may be from mexico and hispanic wow. and they're living in that culture but they're also wow. you know trying to succeed in you know in in the, in, in the in the u.s coast sure. you know, culture also it's a it's a real challenge for those folks and then you know i go to other 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 states and they and they have different sets of challenges so it's yeah. different everywhere you go you came to us as a musician in your early days you've been a musician and all of your life and yes you've been performing recording when did you say, I'm going to go do this? I'm going to go out and, and talk with college kids? Well, 
I've always but done this. Yeah, I've always done this to some extent because as I would tour as a, as a musician and do con, you know concerts at colleges, yeah, yeah. I would often meet with the students afterwards and say, "Hey, you know what would have made this even better would be if we had done this, or you know, we, we'd put some posters up." And then when I would go to college hmm. booking conferences where they come to find entertainment, I would actually do workshops and, and programs where I'd say, "This is hey, the best way to promote your events on campus is this." Or the best way to run your 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 campus activity board meetings is this, based on my experience as a local, you know, volunteer and all right. the things I've done. Right. And right. Uh, then uh, I, as I began to to really age out of the market, I mean, I was still actively performing as a musician, as a singer songwriter in this market in the uh, early two thousands. Wow. And uh, that's a long time it's to long be singing for eighteen and nineteen year olds. <laughs> you know, and it finally got to the point where it was just really hard for me to um, yeah. to book the dates. Yeah, I guess. And uh, somebody came to me and they said, you know. You're such a great, a, a great trainer and communicator. Yeah, yeah. You really should be doing. You should be doing these speaking programs. And so yeah. I put one together called um, "Leading um, Le- Leading Well," and um, I'm sorry, truly leading. Uh, and I put this this program called "Truly Leading." And um, the University of Akron booked me to come in and do um, the, the that program in the afternoon, yeah. and then do a concert that night. And when it was over, they said, oh, we can't wait to get you back next year. They they booked me back the next year. And then the third year, they said, we can't wait to get you back, but we don't have time to do them both, so we just want you to do the speaking thing and not do the concert. (laughs) And I first went, oh, and then I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And then I realized another door had just opened for me. Um, We don't have time now, but uh, it, it, it is a great demonstration of what I have become very interested in over the years and that's this business of reinvention right which people oftentimes we don't understand it's really just an extension or an exploration expansion of who we are great example of that and before we go we've got to give a tip of the hat to our good friends uh at the Tallahassee Museum. You've got this Tallahassee Jazz and Blues Festival coming up the 25th, the 26th. I do see that Drew Tillman will be there, Tillman and Taff. Oh, yeah. you got Brett Wellman and Dave Messler. Great, great choice. Uh, King Cotton Band, the Coastal Highway. Goodness sakes. A Tallahassee Swing. Warren Sutton. These are just a few of the names. Uh, that's a great gig, isn't it? Oh, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful event, and uh, it's you know it's it's amazing because we have all this great music in this town, yeah, and people don't realize that. Tallahassee has always been a force in jazz and in blues. Yeah, you know, I mean, in jazz, you know, Cannonball and and Nat Adderley are are buried like a mile from my home. Indeed, you know, Indeed. and people don't even realize. I mean, people that you know know the name, you know, Cannonball Adderley. Well, the fact of the matter is, everybody knows Miles Davis. Huh. You know, the great psychedelic, you know, <laughs> trumpet player. Right. But people don't know that that Miles Davis played in the Cannonball Adderley band. You know, <laughs> and so I mean, he's had him that kind of you know, and one of the earliest. Recording artist in the blues field was a guy named uh, uh, Tallahassee Tight, yeah. who was from uh-huh. uh, he lived he was born off Wageboro Road in in uh, over in eastern Leon County, mm-hmm. and he was one of the earliest. I mean, he was a contemporary of um, you know of Robert Johnson. He recorded in, in 1933 and 34. We had the opportunity in the first hour to talk at length with Gary Anton about the Bradfordville oh, Blues Club. Yeah. So nice segue there or tie in with uh, the theme today, I think, is a, is about finding our own voice, finding our own song. And you certainly have helped us uh, do that through the many years that you've contributed and in this conversation today. Thanks for being with us. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Always great to see you, Brian. Thank you, Dell. So there we have a conversation with Dell Suggs from a few months back. Stay with me for the second hour Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny. Widden Glass has been taking care of business since 1945. 
When you call Widden Glass, you're dealing with experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best. Like Widden's top-of-the-line bath enclosures that provide style and luxury at an affordable price. Eye-catching storefronts are a specialty at Widden Glass. We'll help you design it and install it. Widden Glass, the first name in glass replacement. Call 222-5781. Welcome back to the second hour. You know, if you're just coming into this whole world of Tallahassee Talks, and maybe you're a new listener or newer listener, glad you're with us. If you're a longtime frequent listener, man, you are to be commended <laughs> putting up with the likes of me for all this time. And yet it's our pleasure to have you. Hope you find the broadcast uh inspiring and enjoyable, entertaining to some degree, informative, we certainly hope for that, uh, perhaps even a bit motivating. Uh, today's guests are just that. They're motivators in their own right. Del Suggs with us in that first hour talking about his work as a musician and as a often requested uh, guest speaker on college campuses, a personal motivator things to share, wisdom that is, uh, I think, pretty basic, pretty substantial. And you're going to hear that uh, here momentarily with our good friend Sue Semerow. Coach will uh, be in the studio with us for the rest of the day's broadcast. Uh, this is a person who, for her many appearances on the show, um, for her contributions to so many of the works that we've engaged in, uh, she was the official spokesperson for our Tallahassee Food Challenge back uh, in 2018, and she's just um, she's given and given and given, and that's her that's her mo. It really is, and she she like like Del Suggs and like many of you find that you know the the greatest satisfaction, perhaps the greatest joy in life, is to find a way to invest in somebody else. How to encourage them? How to, you know, whatever that looks like, challenge challenging them to 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 be more of who they really are and less of what the world tells them they ought to be. Um, that'd be a good start. <laughs> um, you know, and Sue and I have in common, as many of you do, this appreciation of John Wooden, who for his life and in, in his career as a basketball coach, probably the most celebrated in, in history, um, brought that to bear. He's, you know, he, he, his legacy includes the testimonies of people f up and down, players, coaches, administrators, fans, personal friends, Sue Semerow among them, uh, had been with him on many occasions and drew inspiration from him, and instruction for that matter. So when you find out that there are people around you, people in your life who may not show up every day, maybe it's infrequent, uh, but they're part of your life. They're just part of the, the flow. And understandably, sometimes those folks fade from our view, perhaps the way that life goes, we're not as involved or in touch with 
the people that we were, you know, even five years ago or certainly 10 or 20 years ago. And it's remarkable to me that even though the the day-to-day or the more frequent interactions have diminished, you know, you don't get to chat with them like you used to or you're not in touch with them as much as you used to be. The impact of their part of your life, the manner in which they contributed to your understanding. And for all of us, maybe for most of us at least, there, there was that school teacher, scout leader, maybe a pastor, a youth director, uh, maybe a colleague, somebody you worked with for a long time, or a neighbor, somebody in your neighborhood, uh, somebody that you knew at church or at synagogue, somebody that you found uh, in common this desire to better understand what life's about, uh, how to better enjoy life, what real enjoyment is 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 all about. Um, and in, you know, in my opinion, it's not about sensational experience, although sensations are great. You know, but roller coaster rides, <laughs> while they may be, may be sensational, you can't live on a roller coaster. You got to get off at some point. They're not sustainable. Um, what really is sustainable then are these endeavors to uh, find out more about who somebody really is. What are they all about? How do they work through life's difficulties? How do they celebrate life's achievements? You know, and that's really what Sue brings to the conversation because she's a great example of somebody who has certainly been at a very high level of achievement. You know, she's been at that mountaintop and lived it. And now she's come down that mountain and she's, you know, she's re, suppose you'd say reinventing, renegotiating with herself. You know, what, what do I want to do now? And what's notable, I think you'll find this to be the case in her comments, she hasn't put herself on some kind of a an agenda or a timeline there. She's really remaining open to whatever the day brings. That's hard for us to imagine, I suppose, for those of us who, well, you know, we don't have to make it up as we go along because it's already, you know, it's all engraved into our schedules where we have to be at a certain day and a certain time the tasks that are set before us. Uh, but I would encourage you, in, in even in those circumstances, even when things are so, let's say, determined or rigid or, or even demanding, um, you know, if you've got school kids and a job and a spouse and a house, um, uh, I guess we, you know, we don't need to know that you need a hobby. Uh, we're not looking to keep you entertained. If anything, you're just looking for a little bit of respite, a little bit of uh, downtime in between. Some of us seem to be obsessed with filling up that daytimer. We don't use daytimers anymore, but you know what I mean, filling up our schedules. And Sue will talk about that too, this, this compulsion to I have to be doing something. Um, and in the in the main, I think you find that 
people who are the happiest are those who are really settled on uh, pursuing the very few things that are the most meaningful. And it's easy to get pulled off of that. Um, Then again, you may be a person who says, you know, I'd like to have a little more action in my life. I'd want to be more involved. Well, you know what? There's so much that you can get involved with. And in a town like this, um, you know, I'd be not doing my job if I didn't remind you to think about Christmas Connection. You want to volunteer with them? Because that's how they work. They're all volunteering over there. Um, Sorting through the, the donations, making sure they're categorized properly, ready for their social workers that are part of the Catholic Social Services group to come in and distribute those among the children and families in need. Well, there's an opportunity for you. And if that seems a little too too far-fetched, take a look at the maybe the civic groups around you that could use your help. There's all kinds of those. Maybe you're a part of a church group. You know, we're heading into the holidays. How about you know, dusting off the sheet music, <laughs> join the choir, you know, or get involved in their own efforts to help families in need. That's a good thing, man. Or, you know, teach a class. That's a good thing, too. Maybe you could just take some of the things you've learned along the way thus far in your life's journey, uh, make a few notes and make sure that you're sharing those things in a fashion that are easily accessible. My goodness. It's not like we don't have enough opportunity. <laughs> It'd be a nice change from all of the crap that we see <laughs> posted on various social media platforms. You find something worthwhile to share. You know, I mean, if it's a picture of a butterfly, okay, that's fine. Maybe it's some life lesson that has really come clear in your mind and you want to share that with us it's available i encourage you to do it folks there are four ways to shine in life and merry maids has it all going on experience reliability thoroughness and professionalism well that's why we rely on merry maids right here at our studios because you know i do need a little shine from time to time and my friends at merry maids can make it happen with guaranteed satisfaction screened and trained employees bonded and insured performance, even a free consultation. Merry Maids can customize cleanings to fit most budgets and fit your busy schedule with cleanings on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or an on-call basis. Merry Maids will deep clean your home on that first visit, something that you've probably been wanting to do, but you don't have to. Call Merry Maids, relax, and it's clean. Right here in Tallahassee, call 386-2205. Or find them online at merrymaids.com. That's 386-2205. Sue Samarau remarkably has contributed so, so well to so many people. And, you know, we could spend the rest of the hour today talking about her achievements. And they would certainly be worth talking about. Uh, if you don't know Sue Samurai, well, come on, you're not living. But what you really need to know is that this is a person, in my estimation, who has uh, 
taken God-given interests and skills and abilities, opportunities, relationships, and something that's very fundamental that keeps coming up in conversations with our guests more often than not, and that is this love of people, a love of God and the love of people. I talked with a man earlier in the week who said, I'm not a religious man, but I love God and I love people and I look for every way I can to invest in them. I thought of Sue Semerau when he told me that. I thought, now there's an example of what I'm thinking because I was anticipating Sue being with us. And so here she is. Let's welcome Sue Semerau. It's so great to be back, Brian. Coach, you just keep it on and you're, as they say in jazz, you keep on swinging. <laughs> and uh, my friend Scotty Barnard is teaching me how to be cool. Um, it's got some work on his hands. The um, <laughs> The good news is that you're back with us. Uh, you've been traveling about the world, I suppose, certainly around the country, keeping up with family and friends and stuff. So what you been doing? Not the world yet. I haven't really we're ventured st- staying continental uh, yeah we? i'm staying continental um hmm. but it's like you said just having the opportunity uh to be able to go and see people in their element that i haven't been able to yeah. see in their element yeah. and it, it it occurs to me and you've said this that when you were active as head coach of florida state seminoles women's basketball yay champions they are. Uh, I don't know. If, can we say they're champions? They're sure. Champions. In of somebody's course. mind, they're champions. They're champions in my mind. Uh, certainly, star athletes. All of them, highly accomplished. Many have gone on to play pro. Um, not the least of which, uh, or not not for the least uh, reason that you were uh, coaching them along the way, because it speaks to this business of you investing in people. Hmm. which which translates into this world that you you were in and and, and it, it was it was an opportunity but it was also I would it be fair to say a kind of confinement hmm. because that enterprise is so demanding you don't really get to take off anytime you want yeah is that I, fair? I, yeah yeah and I think about all the opportunities that I had to see different parts of the world to meet people I never would have met but at the same time, it's an inhuman <laughs> uh, job. It really is. It's it's you just go yeah. from one thing to the next to the next to the next, yeah. which creates a lot of opportunities, but also leaves a lot of void. I mean, it, it, in, in some respects, it, we'll call it a corporate environment mm-hmm. in in the in the small C status. I mean, in other words, you find yourselves as coaches, staff members, team members, you're all on this same ship going together. And wherever that ship is going, you're all going. It's not your choice to be able to, well, at least you could jump off, (laughs) but that's not going to help. And so you have to just kind of move. But now, now you find yourself liberated, we'll say, from that. And, and and if somebody in Kansas sends you a text and say, hey, can you be here tomorrow? You're already on the plane. You're gone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so that's got to feel pretty cool. It really does. You know, it's much more, you talk about being on a ship, and it's much more like being on a sailboat. You know, ah. just, you can, you just, the wind comes this way and the wind ah. goes that way. Ah. And uh, it's, it's really nice for 
uh, have that opportunity after pouring into uh, a schedule for so many years. And um, But I'm grateful. I'm grateful to the people of Tallahassee. Um, I'm grateful that they now embrace me as just a part of the community. And and I'm grateful for Florida State and the, the time that they allowed me to serve as their head coach. Well, it happens, too, that with that personal devotion comes achievement. And, you know, the last time we talked, you were, I guess you were uh, referring to this book that you had written or have read that uh, has to do with climbing the next mountain and such. So yep, how's the, the mountain? The second mountain by David Brooks. Yeah. yeah. How's yeah. that going? Are, are well, you... The, I in think, pursuit? Well, yeah, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, and he shared uh, a lot of times in order to get to that second mountain, you got to go down and you got to go uh, into some type of valley. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a really deep valley by any stretch, but um, you can't climb again generally unless you go to the other side of the mountain or you're climbing the same mountain. Yeah. So it, that, that little... And that's a process right that's there. That's a huge process. And I've run into so many people that have said, wait you really do enjoy you really don't think you're going to coach again and i'm just like no i really do enjoy it and it took a time to get the rhythm straight yeah i ran into a a very uh well-renowned house builder here in town everybody Mm. seeks him out and and i saw him and and he said i'm turning 72 and i don't know how i could retire i I can't, I can't figure that out. And I said, that's why you do it when you're young. Uh, interesting. So yeah. I, I talked to John Worley uh, about three or four weeks ago. Mm. Same story. Mm. Home builder, now looking at, and, and he's been prolific, having the same issues. Yeah. And he's wanting to, he's wanting to tell his story mm. in some fashion. He wants to be able to leave some kind of testimony. Is that part of what you're experiencing, that somehow – you don't want to just leave all that behind. You want to be able to try to share your story with people or no? I really want to keep walking a new story. Just see it, I, yeah, I, I don't. Not looking back, looking forward. Yeah, and I do think that that always will stay with me. Mm-hmm. I think uh, what I've realized is that my gifts are transferable. And so mm-hmm. I can use them in a different Other way. Ways. Yeah, and and it's nice to know that. And it's nice to be able to to try that and have a, a new challenge and a new experience. Hmm. And yet at the same time, while that new experience comes or experiences come, you find yourself well connected with so many people that are very much a part of your life. So it's not as though you have to jettison all of that. So this, this um, we'll call it a, a reorientation, a kind of descent hmm. into this level playing field uh, so maybe the valley is is one way of thinking of it but seems to me it's more of just kind of um, finding kind of a level ground yeah it's, and it's, I think your world gets a little bit smaller which is a nice thing because you can pay more attention to to a smaller faction of things mm-hmm. and of people and situations and put more time into it. So I think it, mm. it really becomes quality rather than quantity. I think of the people that, including your mother particularly, mm. especially uh, where um, in the challenges that she has faced in the last several years uh, health-wise, 
you were you were clear about that. You said, guys, I'm I got to be gone for a while. Yeah. And that that was at the point at which you were really at, at a sort of peak. Hmm. It wasn't it wasn't like okay, I'm done with this. Right. But you you made that decision. That was that had to be pretty tough, I guess, in some respects. It was your mom, so no. Right. But. I mean, it's it was easy, but it was. It was an easy choice, but it was a tough time. And uh, but I do think that it was I think it was a clear signal to me that that this part of my uh, my life was coming to an end. You know, the the fast paced 24 seven, always available, uh, always wanting to achieve more and to do more and to and to accomplish more for the university, for the community, for these young women. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about it today. I was telling you just how mm-hmm. sometimes I, I still find myself overscheduling. And mm. I, I didn't like that I felt like I had to send a text message while I was walking to my car <laughs> or, you know, something like that. And, and it, I, it reminds me. I'm really fortunate now to be able to be doing what I'm doing. Sue Samara is with us. We're going to continue this conversation. You're in tune with Tallahassee Talks. Hi, I'm Josh, and this is an ad for Super Signs. We were going to do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic. You know, something clever. But that just didn't work. So... I'm just going to tell you, Super Signs is great. I mean, they're really great. And it's not just me saying it. Lots of people posting and talking to their friends. Here's one. We are so happy with all our signs and banners by Super Signs. Highly recommend. Here's another. These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs, too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. Super Signs is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them, 422-1883, or go to their website, yoursupersigns.com. How's that for clever? What I call reinvention is that mm-hmm. moment in, or moments in your life that's recurring. So painful, challenging, scary, yeah, all that. Mm. But I think it's necessary. Mm. And I'm wondering what you think about that. Yeah, no, I I believe and agree with you when you say that reinvention is important. I think we are renewing something every day. We're either renewing our mind to good or it could even be to evil. Depends Mm -hmm. on what we're listening to, what we filter. And I also think that if we want to be relevant and whatever form or fashion that we have to open our eyes and Hmm. and renew yeah and refresh and refresh and even restate what may be a discovery of our destiny our purpose in life huh and that's a discovered thing. Yeah, you know, I think that's way? a really interesting question. I was having this conversation earlier. I don't know that there is a purpose. Uh, mm. For me, I, I think there are opportunities and there are gifts. Mm. Um, I don't think my purpose in life was to 
coach at Florida State. I don't think, um, you know, that there is necessarily another purpose for me out there. That being said, I need purpose in my life. I agree with that. And I and I when I use the word purpose, I don't think of circumstantial. Mm. I think of what is inside of you. Yes. So maybe the word destiny is is more more meaningful. What I'm pointing to is how we're wired. Mm. You know, who we are, uh what value we bring to the world in our way, our individual way. Mm-hmm. And then how that gets lived out, that being our path, our purpose, our destiny, destiny being destination. Well, mm-hmm. that's undiscovered, isn't it? Yeah, it you have really to live is. it to yeah. find it. Right. And I think it's fascinating that the slower we get, <laughs> the more we understand what that is and the more we uh, we have this self-awareness of what that destiny is what that purpose is within us right. uh the way we're wired like see i said. would say okay you're no longer fsu head basketball coach florida state university but your purpose is still mm. evolving re- being revealed i suppose mm. interesting you know so so you could be that person with that purpose in life and say it's like my friend that says i'm not religious but i love god and i love people so i find every way i can to invest in people. Well, that's a purpose. That's mm. destiny. Mm. But it takes on all kinds of different mm-hmm. manifestations as we go through. Do you know people in your circle where you see them resisting? They're pushing back. They're saying, no, mm. I don't want this to be over. So then they're going to try to keep going in that same mm. and find themselves sort of frustrated, I guess, because they can't, they can't keep doing what they've been doing. Yeah, and I think... I- a lot of those that I've run into, friends from even back in high school, mm. it's like, I don't know what's next, mm. so I will continue with Just this. Just doing what I've been doing. Right. And I think that I always knew that I early on wanted to make some type of pivot. Huh. Uh, and huh. I, I certainly didn't know what it was when I did. Yeah. Um, mm. But circumstances made that clear and so I was able to take the step of faith Um, some people aren't and I I I think that's difficult as well speaking of the Highlanders uh, Shortcrest listeners I just want you to know that I'm sorry I wasn't at the 50th reunion but um, uh, it happens that Sue and I share that in common we both attended Shortcrest High School strange that that's the case but (laughs) we'll save that for another time uh, were you playing basketball in high school? Oh, yeah. You played basketball when you were, what? Morgan Junior High. Five, yeah. ten <laughs> years old, right? No, I wasn't that little. Okay. It, it was really about junior high school. See, I went to Morgan Junior High School, but Sue and I, she's much older than I am. So, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm the one. I'm much older. Yes. Right? Like at least. Much. At least like 10, 20, 30 <laughs> years old now. Uh, grew up in the same neighborhood curiously enough and then discovered that when we were both here in Tallahassee um so so if if I were to say okay let's flip back through those pages and go there you are you're playing basketball when you're a teenager and then you went on and played collegiate when did the thought about coaching start to form Mm. for you 
Do you, uh, think? you know, it wasn't until um, till graduate school. Mm. I uh, I got my undergraduate degree in communication mm. and didn't exactly know what that meant. Uh, I started to work in public relations and back in the 80s, the, the written word was how you really communicated. Yeah. And I didn't really enjoy sitting behind a desk and writing. And so that's when I decided to go back to graduate school. And during my my grad years at Southern Cal, I started coaching uh, and I Just have loved it ever since. Just kind of on the side? Or, yeah. Yes, I did yeah. it. I did it on the side at yeah. high school first and then a Division three school. And You, yeah. so, you yeah. got bit by the bug. I did. Um, okay. So... So in that capacity, uh, again, this was a sort of life journey, discovery sort of thing along the way, and you went with it. You said, okay, I'm going to follow this path. Here at Florida State University, you go on in that, but would it be fair to say that the the, the stakes, the, the, <laughs> the demands – the energy, all of that just kept amping up year after year? How, how you know, do you describe that? I would say that um, as a Division three coach, there's you're doing all of the work. You don't have a staff of people that is helping you. You're sweeping the floor. You're setting up the clock. You're putting the chairs out. And, uh, everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I thought that would be the hardest uh, period of time. And then uh, moving up to the Division one level, um, there were more people to – uh, come alongside and at the same time as time moved so did technology and so it was like oh this is great now I don't have to write a letter to a recruit I could email well then guess what happened they emailed right back huh. and then it was like well okay now Gulp. there's texting oh wait it used we had rules where you could only text once a week or and how are they really gonna keep track of all that and then it was just like okay now you can text anytime and now there's twitter and now there's facebook and now there's tiktok and all on and on and on so then it was all the social media channels and how do you keep up and now you see staff sizes that have completely blown up i think um you know florida state football uh, not all paid, but have at least 40 people on staff. Indeed. And and you're just like, gosh, you know, how do you manage all of that? So there's... We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> going to need a bigger boat. Yes, absolutely. So that I think those things, um, I don't... Pressure... It, it was pressure because you had more to take care of, yeah. not necessarily yeah. that yeah. the winning was any different. You know, it comes into that business of unintended consequences. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it? I mm -hmm. mean, and we're hearing that now, I think, a lot. You've said some of this about the NIL issues that at one juncture, it just makes sense because these are, these are corporations. That's right. That are making gazillions of dollars on the backs of players. Hmm. And why not? Why wouldn't they be allowed to participate in that? But I think the last time we talked about it, your thing was, yeah, at the same time, again, unintended consequences. What about the schools that just don't have that kind of 
you know, ability mm-hmm. to compete yeah. in that world with, with money at stake. Right. And I, I think I read this morning that are there maybe 41 states that are trying to come together and sue Facebook for uh, having a, an addictive piece uh. for their children. I mean, it all. I also read that you know people like Mark Zuckerberg and yeah. and Bill Gates don't allow their kids to have that kind of technology. <laughs> of course they don't. And so, because they know those unintended con- consequences. Wow. Uh, so I think that there there are a lot of things that, but we can't get away from any unintended consequences yeah. as we continue yeah. to create more and more and more. You know. We're going to continue this conversation. I've got Sue Semrau with us. You're in tune with Tallahassee Talks, so stay with us for more. Be right back. Wooden Glass has been taking care of families since 1945. Experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best, like Wooden's top-of-the-line bath enclosures. Eye-catching storefronts are a specialty at Wooden Glass, and they provide precise installation. Wooden Glass. Tallahassee's first family in glass. Online at wittenglass.com. Call 850-222-5781. We're back. We're talking with Sue Semrau, friend of the world, the goodest basketball coach ever, and um, our friend and a friend of this town. Uh, a pleasure for for us and for me particularly to be able to bring you back in here, which is not an easy task, but entirely worthwhile, gives us uh, opportunity then to saddle up alongside of you mm. as you are making your life discoveries further, as you are con- you know considering this business, I guess, of staying in the moment. Are you abide mm, with that? That's notion? a good one. Yeah, yeah. I like that. You got to just stay with the now. And keep a very, very short list as to what your plans are uh, going forward until until and whenever you're ready to commit. It has, for me, opened up a recollection of uh, the coaching and the, and the life work of John Wooten. Uh, would it be fair to say a legendary figure yeah. in basketball and in, in mm-hmm. life? So there's this published uh, work of his back in, what did we say it was, 76, yeah. originally published. Um, and he talks about his dad yeah, and the gift of a lifetime that his father gave him a $2 bill when he graduated from grade school. Mm. And he said, hold on to this because if you have this in your pocket, you're not broke. <laughs> it's, it's a, that's so true. That's a fair assessment, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Um, it's like my CPA said, well, if you've got customers, you're not bankrupt. And I said, it sure feels like I'm bankrupt. <laughs> I've got a lot of people that we're caring for here, but you know, we're not making a lot of money. I had the pleasure of, of meeting Coach Wooden on a number of occasions in his little condo in L.A. And it was fascinating to me that he was, he didn't go out and buy anything big and great he went to a little diner down the street for breakfast, and I remember driving him down there one day, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, 
oh my gosh, if I get in an accident now, the world's going to know. <laughs> Sue. Sue. Yeah. Don't uh, make yeah. any sudden moves. It's like, oh right. gosh. Yeah. Uh, no pressure. Yeah. He was as, as humble as, uh, as everyone talks about. And I will say the, the first, um, first recruit that I ever signed at Florida State went to the same high school as John Wooden. And here I am, I'm in Martinsville, Indiana, and I'm driving down this street and it says John Wooden Way. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I didn't know at the time. So I go into the lobby and there is a wax figure of him there in a life case. Size. Life size. <laughs> and I was, I just stepped back and I was like, you know, this guy, this is, he's the real deal. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is still yeah. going on. So, um, you know, just a, a lot of really, um, you know, what he, what he said was, was impactful. Um, it was profound, but who he was, was even more than that. Yeah. We hear a lot and see a lot about sound leadership, what it means to be a real leader and mm. there's all that going on <laughs> a lot of discussion about what that really means and you see all kinds of answers to that question what is it to be a, a real leader that's right let me read to you uh, what his dad had left for him these are seven things to do mm. the first is be true to yourself mm. okay help others simple wisdom here but this is what you're talking about with wooden Make each day your masterpiece. Notice it's one day at a time. This is the day the Lord has made. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. So make each day your masterpiece. Drink deeply from good books, especially the Bible. Mm -hmm. Make friendship a fine art. I like that. Love that. Make friendship a fine art. How you perfect your craft. Mm. So you can shoot three points from midcourt. Beautiful. What'd you do for your friend yesterday? Mm -hmm. What are you doing for him right now? Um, build a shelter against a rainy day. And for him, that shelter was the shelter of faith. Hmm. So when everything is just falling apart or not going as you'd expected, your faith says, I'm going to keep going. Going back to this idea, I know my purpose doesn't have anything to do directly with what I happen to be doing because that's an expression of my purpose. It's not, it's not the origin. Then he says, and this is the last one, pray for guidance and count and give thanks for your blessings every day. Mm. Mm. Um, pretty humble, simple wisdom. It seems to me, and this was my question and bringing that to you, how well that applied in all of your coaching experience. It seems to me you had drawn from him and from many others a similar sort of approach. I think it's it goes to the KISS method of keep it simple, stupid. Mm. And all of those are very simple statements of truth. And that's, I think, one of the most important things that as a leader, as a follower, that we stay simple enough that we don't just have all the mess and the distractions mm. and everything coming in mm. and look at us where we live in this 
world where you know a distraction mm. will come any minute if you'll allow it i think it's cool to be in a in a sound room like this mm. because mm. It, what does it do it guards against distraction mm. and uh the outside noises don't come in so so we have to build that for ourselves don't absolutely. we absolutely yeah and it's an, it's it's troubling to me uh coming across some of the uh, research with young people, kids, and they're being asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? When you were asked that question, probably, I want to play basketball. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to be a sports announcer or whatever. Mm. Actually, I wanted to be a family therapist. Um, now you ask them and they'll say, I want to be famous. Mm. I Interesting. To, I want to be famous. And for me, that's that's a disease of our culture. It doesn't matter what I do. I just need to be famous. Mm. And I've had fellow professionals in our age group say Mm. to me, I just want to be famous. I want to be rich and famous. I don't care how I get there. Mm. So you don't really have a purpose as such. You just are pursuing this externalized Mm. ambition. Well, you have come at it entirely differently. So you, Mm. you looked at what was going on with you for you inside of you and how that connected to other folks Hmm. i think i think that that's a great testimony i think too it's a testimony to my parents you know because i think my dad was on stage as a uh, director music director and i want i would say i want to be like my dad i want to do what he does and what he did was lead it what he wasn't famous he was a high school band director and choral director. But I saw him lead. I saw people look to him, and I thought, I want to do what he does. And I think that's where we've got to we've got to teach the younger generation to model, you know, what that is that mm-hmm. because people are looking at us all the time without us even knowing it. And maybe come back to that list of seven ideas Absolutely. in the process, right? Yes. I don't want to let you go now, but I have to because you have other people that want your time and attention, (laughs) and I hate them, but it's okay (laughs) because I know that— I have to leave the soundproof. I know. you got to go back out there. Dang it. The distractions. Distractions. I know. All right. Well, friend, Sue Semerau, our guest, uh, who has um, already—we haven't gotten her to sign anything, but I (laughs) know— that she's promised to be back with us whenever she can as the world continues to beckon her into all kinds of neat <laughs> stuff. We look forward to the next episode. Find so out do more I, friend. What, what goes on. Yeah? Absolutely. All right, folks. That's what we have for you today. Sue Semerau, uh, wonderful, wonderful conversation. We're the production of Spatterwork Media and Entertainment coming to you from the studios of Moose Magnificat, Tallahassee's only Station playing all original songs from all local artists all the time. We call it the Sound of Tallahassee. You can find them at moosemagnificat.com. Carl Cerny is our executive producer. I'll be looking for you again next week. So come on, Tallahassee. Come talk to me. Folks, there are four ways to shine in life, and Merry Maids has it all going on. Experience, reliability, thoroughness, and professionalism. Well, that's why we rely on Merry Maids right here at our studios, because, you know, I do need a little shine from time to time. 
And my friends at Mary Maids can make it happen with guaranteed satisfaction, screened and trained employees, bonded and insured performance, even a free consultation. Mary Maids can customize cleanings to fit most budgets and fit your busy schedule with cleanings on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or an on-call basis. Mary Maids will deep clean your home on that first visit, something that you've probably been wanting to do, but you don't have to. Call Mary Maids, relax, and it's clean. Right here in Tallahassee, call 386-2205 or find them online at marymaids.com. That's 386-2205.